Welcome to the Nifty Podcast, presented by Party Fish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all over the world. Film starts here at the virtual Nifty 2020 from Seattle, Washington. My name is Dan Hudson. Um, I am Nifty's executive director, um, also one of the programmers uh, at the festival and um, the music video programmer at the festival, um, which is how I first became familiar with uh, Dusan's work um, when we had a music video of his uh, first first festival, I think was Nifty 2019. Um, and he came back with some fresh work uh, for the festival this, this year. Um, and we'll be talking about those films. Uh, welcome, Dusan. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here on this fine Saturday afternoon. <laughs> there's nothing There's nothing like a, a Saturday afternoon spending your time in front of a computer to record a podcast. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to be talking about film. So anytime, anytime we're talking about film, I'm just like, I'm totally in, man. Sweet. Well, I've got I've got some questions for you, but we like to start off here um, just getting a little a little back history, like um, a little little bio. So um, can you share with folks um, a little bit about like maybe any sort of like, uh, you know, it, you know, training or inspiration or anything like that you've had as you've like uh, gotten your start as a filmmaker? So for filmmaking, it kind of came from like uh, I would be sitting in the back of the car and I would be talking to my mom and I would be like, yo, mom, what if like a, what if like a dinosaur just like stepped on a car right now? Like, what would you do? And then just kind of like coming up with stories based off of that. So like, uh, and then, uh, and then somebody taught me about the two words and then, which is, which my dad, my dad, my dad taught me about and then. Mm-hmm. So then carries the story forward and then what happens and then what happens and then what happens. And so from there, I just started coming up with little small ideas and grabbing my parents' camcorder and shooting stuff around the house. And uh, and then when we got to California, my mom decided to enroll me in this program called Ghetto Film School, which is where I made my which is where I made my first short film. And I wrote oh yeah film. yeah that's a great program. Yeah, and I wrote my first like legit like first little seven page screenplay or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then there it was just kind of like. It was just kind of like I was writing every day or so. In high school, I made four films a year, like four short films a year. So I was just really just like honing the craft and trying to figure out the best way to, uh, I guess, draw draw inspiration from experiences. So as opposed to like just writing just to write, but writing based off of, oh, I want to make a story based on this feeling that I have right now. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So... Yeah, that's kind of where my where my where my start was for filmmaking. Yeah, but I curious too because um, you know you you've you've been a, like a very accomplished actor and performer as well, um, on both both on stage and on screen and um, for a number of years now. So I'm wondering, like, was that also like an additional inspiration for you? Like, were you able to like check out um, or or like? you know, ask questions of filmmakers on their process, like as you were on sets or like, did that inform wanting that? Or was that already like, you were already knew that that's what you wanted to do. So you're like trying to get whatever tips or tricks you could while you. Yeah. It it 100% without a doubt helped. Uh, When I would be on set, I'd be listening to the director's words, like intensely to understand like, well, what are they thinking about as far as my character and as far as them as they're directing it? Um, so I remember uh, 
I remember talking to Brian Heglin uh, when I was working on 42 about kind of uh, about directing in general. And he was giving me just some 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 ideas, uh, if you will. And I hadn't directed my first short film yet. And he, he took me behind in the uh, in the video village. And uh, my mom was standing there. Chad was standing there. And he was showing us some like playback. And he was basically breaking down to me what he would change for the next scene. And like, oh, okay, well, you see that train right there. I would want that to go a little bit faster. And I would want you to do this. And I would want Chad to do this. And this is why I'm thinking this way. And, mm-hmm. and that was really helpful for me. And uh, the same thing happened on uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. There was supposed to be a, a time where I was supposed to come back to L.A. And they were supposed to pay me for my time off. But instead, I told them to dock my pay and let me stay on set and be a PA. So I was PAing and I was working with Mr. Oh, Trey, which is, uh, I think he's a, uh, he, well, he, he's a cinematographer and he did stuff for like American Sniper and Dream Girl. So it was really good to sit down with him and talk about like equipment and what he's using and why. And, and then the same thing for Mr. George, who directed the movie. Both of those guys are like, those guys are like geniuses. So it, it was really cool to sit down and talk to him about filmmaking. That's incredible. I mean, yeah, yeah you know, the, folks always say that, uh, you know, you can only learn, fil- truly learn filmmaking by like doing it. So that that's incredible to have access to those opportunities. And that that's that's a great story about just saying, let me PA. <laughs> that's Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool because when I'm on set, like, I want to ask like, oh, like, what cameras are we using? You know, like what lenses are we using? Because I like geek out about that kind of stuff. But I don't yeah. want to the like the pretentious actor goes like oh what, what are we using you know that yeah that, yeah but i actually like i actually want to know it and most of the time i can kind of look at like i can look at a camera or like a, a lens setup or like a whatever or like lights and just automatically know what it is now so i don't necessarily have to ask but if there's something that i really don't know i i always ask because i'm just curious well let, let's let's uh let's start to talk about some of your some of your work some of your films that were in the festival this year um so I, I kind of wanted to to start off on serial and you know ask ask you know what what inspired this story. You know, you mentioned earlier that like a lot of your stories, you know, are born from like a feeling that like you you've, you you are like that that that's your starting point. So what were you feeling like? What where did this one come from? Yeah, see, it's interesting too because um, the ideas they just kind of like pop in my head and and I have to like okay so so normally the ending or like the beginning pops in my head and I have to figure out how I'm gonna get there and work around it so for serial it popped in my head from like the ending and there was a scene that's not actually in the movie that I was thinking about and that was like the brothers dumping the body and it's like a it's like a silent scene where they're they're not talking to each other it's just based off of just looks and emotion and they're like dumping their parents' body. And I was like, whoa, whoa, how did these two characters get here? What am I feeling right now to to like make something like this? And it was kind of, the, the story was kind of based around just like uh, having a brother, because I do have a brother, and having a brother and having somebody that will help you no matter what. That's kind of what the story's about, even though it is about, you know, neglect and, and you know, bad parenting and stuff like that. It's also about having someone in your life that will help you no matter what. And that's what the brother does for him. And, and so I just kind of went off of that feeling and just kind of continued from there. What I like to do is put my characters in the most basically terrible situations and then see how they react, which is that's when you see who you are as a human being, when you're pushed to your your your, your limits. And, and, and that's what I wanted to kind of show. And, you know, and speaking of like being 
pushed to the limits. Like one of the things that stood out for me in the film is the line, like, I swear my life's a movie. And it seems like, it seems like Brandon has like, maybe because of like the years of trauma or something is like, like dissociated like from his life or whatever. So like, I'm, I'm curious, like where, where that sort of like imagery came through from for you as you were like you know, scripting out and like thinking about uh, his, his perspective in the film. That's interesting that you say that too. Cause um, you know how, do you know how people, when they, when they write something um, kind of like in Rick and Morty or here's a perfect example. A perfect example is uh, get out when the black cars and, you know, they're leaving in the black cars, but they're leaving in the black bodies, you know, that, that whole theory. Mm-hmm. Of the movie. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peele didn't necessarily think of that. It just kind of happened because he was writing so truly based to the world that he was trying to create. Mm-hmm. So when I was writing Brandon's character, after I was done kind of laying down the bricks and stones of it, I was like, Whoa, this character just kind of like disassociated from like everything because he thinks his life is a movie. He thinks this is what it's supposed to be, but it's not, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of looked at TV and said, this is what it's supposed to be. And I don't have that. So what is going on here? You know? And, and I didn't necessarily do that on purpose. It just kind of happened when I was writing as the character. So when I'm writing, I really like to, I like to, well, because I'm, because I'm also an actor, I like to act as I'm writing. I call it like a, Oh, it's like acting and writing. So it's so I'll write the lines, you know, yeah, I'll, yeah. About it as the character, and I'll really be in the character's headspace, or at least try to get as close to that as I possibly can. So it just kind of came out that way. It just so happened to come out that way. But I'm glad that it did because it really it helped with the character development a lot. That that's interesting. You bring that up because I was going to ask you a question about that. Like, what's it what's it like to direct yourself, or like even like write and like did. You know, at, you, you mentioned like that's part of your writing process. So you, do you know, like as you're like starting a script, like if, if you will be playing the character that you're writing or how does that come about? Yeah, it's interesting because the first time that I like acted in one of my stuff, I kind of was forced to because all of my friends that were supposed to play the character were all on punishment. So I had to, <laughs> I had to play the character. And I was like, yo, this this isn't too bad. When I started writing Serial, it was just kind of like, uh, it was kind of like, I think I could play this character. And um, it wasn't necessarily a, I'm writing this character for me. It was kind of like, I'm writing this character and this character could be me, you know? But in my most recent one, and because uh, I just got finished writing this feature, um, in that one, I wrote the character and I was like, this character, this character is me. I'm going to play this character. That's it. But normally it's kind of like, character's cool i would play them if i got the chance to so yeah that's kind of what it was you know you're mentioning uh also like sometimes you're thinking about like either the beginning scene or shot uh, or the end um like as as far as like where you work work from um and then kind of fill in the rest of the story um i was wondering on this one in particular like the it was super subtle the like the red on the blood on like brandon's hoodie like at the very beginning like i didn't even see it the first time and i was like uh i was wondering like how you kind of came to that imagery and like wanted to kind of like plant that easter egg on like where the story was gonna go yeah it was uh it was interesting because the scene that i shot first was um 
the scene where I where I kill my parents. That's that's like the scene that the, the, those are the scenes that are shot first, and um, so all of, all of that bedroom stuff. Um, it, it, it just kind of uh, when I was thinking about it in terms of like when people are watching this, what are they gonna see? You know, I, I wanted people to be able to look closely and see like little details, like blood on a little sh- strings of the hoodie or whatever. Yeah. So it just it just kind of happened that way, you know, just kind of the way that I kind of planned it out. It was just kind of yeah, like yeah. first so that this can be here and people can see this. Sweet. And that's also just like great, great economy as far as like your your props and your costuming and everything. Like it's already set for that scene if you shoot in that order. I try to I try to think whenever I'm about to make a film, I try to think in like the like down to the smallest detail to like what the character has in their pockets type of stuff and uh i think that really helps in informing like uh informing the character and informing the viewer of what kind of world they're about to watch or what kind of film they're about to watch yeah, yeah i got another question for you here on the on the story uh, and kind of like the arc of the characters here so like um at the very at the very end of the film where you where you leave where you leave it um kind of hanging a little bit for for the audience and kind of like what what happens at the afterwards um it's interesting because like even though ostensibly brandon's like kind of the main character you know the the one that you play is the main character in the film but like the big decision at the end is really like down to the older brother, like Dom, like he's, he's got to decide, you know, you're asking like, where are we going to go? You know, like, what are, what are we doing now? Um, so I, I just curious, like, um, like how you kind of made that sort of like tonal shift or like perspective shift at the end there. A big brother's job is, is what a big brother's job is to take care of the little brother. Right? Yeah. So, even though this little brother has made such a heinous thing, it's still the big brother's job to take care of him or to do something else. So ultimately, even though Brandon did make this decision and kind of put them all in and wrapped them all around in the situation, it ultimately is all the way down to, is this big brother going to help this little brother? That's ultimately really what it is. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of like when I when I thought of like that tonal switch, it was just like, yeah, this makes sense because this is what this is what life is. Life is decisions of whether I'm going to help you or not, especially when it comes down to siblings. Uh, are, do you have Do you have any siblings? Uh, I do. I have a I have a younger sister. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you know, I'm the yeah. older brother. Yeah, I've had to, I've had to do that job. <laughs> Not, not, not for this situation, though. I didn't have to like get rid of any bodies. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like you know, your sister calls you. She's like, "Yo, man, I I dropped a vase. Can you help me hide the evidence?" It's like, uh, yes or no. It's that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's yeah. On a much larger scale. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. speaking of siblings, I mean, it, is Dante your 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 brother in real life? Yeah, Dante is my brother in real life. Okay, yeah. okay. I was just I just noticing that like. Um, uh, you know, he was in a, a, a few of your projects, um, you know, your your narrative projects, but also Dante the Poet, right? Like, yes. he, there's some music videos um, that have screened at Nifty, so including at this this year's festival. So uh, if it's cool with you, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about about that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, well, I'm just curi- curious, like, what is the difference for you and like how you approach um, 
a music video and also like how you approached um, directing Dante, like in a, in a, within a music video space or within a narrative space, or I guess, you know, there could be, there's narrative to the music video, of course, but. Music videos are, music videos are, are, are different. They're, they're music. I will say music videos are a little hard for me. I like music videos. I do. I really do. But they're, they're just a little hard for me. Cause I like to, I like to, you know, I like character development. You know, I like working with actors and stuff like that. And in music videos, it's there's not really that. Uh, you can direct the artist as much as you can, but it's 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 ultimately their song and you know, kind of their vision ish. Um, so working with Dante for music videos, it was fun for especially for this one because it um, we shot it on his birthday or the day before his birthday or something like that, and he was shooting a TV show in New York, and he literally flew from New York to California and on that same day came to shoot the music video. So it was it was pretty interesting. It was very fun. So as far as my my process is different from acting and music videos, that kind of thing. It's uh I feel like I do more planning at least to like down to the T as far as like what happens for every lyric of every song for music videos. But uh for narrative it's kinda like I like to just let things flow and I like to come up with a shot list for on set. But if something happens that a character does, I like to riff off of that and continue in that direction. So, it's, so I feel like I'm more specific for music videos than I am for narrative, but I'm still very specific for both, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it, it totally does. You know, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, so, so with music videos, like not, not quite being your jam as much like, what do, what do you like try to bring to it to like make it your jam or like what do you what do you what are you looking for as far as <laughs> as far as like how you can put your touch on it to try to make it my jam I always try to make turn them into like short films so the 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 caveman forever alone there were supposed to be there were supposed to be three different songs that told one whole story and was supposed to be wrapped up at the end but Dante was tired because he had flown from New York to California. So we only had we only had time to do one song, um, so I did my best with that one song and tried to come up with a little bit of a story or something or other. Um, but that's what it ended up being. But as far as music video goes, I try to I try to come up with my own little story and try to have little cut scenes and things like that throughout the video that kind of makes it my own. Yeah, so uh, man, that that's interesting because like it in watching it, I felt like it felt like I was like, oh man, it seems like there's like a little, there's like a more of a, there's more story here that like yeah. I was just missing out on. So it's interesting to hear that there literally was some more. There's a whole, there was a whole story, like a whole thing of like how he gets to the cave and then like how he leaves the cave, and it was it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Uh, one of the things that I kind of noticed in, in your, uh, you know, kind of a through line between, you know, the two Dante videos that, that have screened at Nifty and also Serial in a way they're you know, they're all they're all a little bit like like there's there's some like kind of horror thriller thriller sort of elements to all of them. Like maybe at the very least, you know, like in, as far as like, you know, lo- location costumes and in coloring and lighting and stuff like that, at least on the music video side. And I'm wondering, um, like, is that like a, a genre that you like really gravitates towards or like, where, where do you kind of like draw your sort of like palette of, of influences that you're playing with? I like, I really enjoy very intense movies that put a lot of pressure on the main characters to make drastic decisions. 
So if that ends up being like a thriller, I, I also like seeing like, this is going to sound so bad, but when I, see, like, when I see like violence in movies, it's just kind of like, whoa, that was crazy. You know, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. So I, I uh, that that's kind of the stuff that I gravitate toward, like, like characters that have like moral compass problems and things like that. So that's kind of the stuff that I like to explore, especially in film and in music videos. And it just so happens that that is also the makings of like thriller movies or like mystery movies so yeah those are the kinds of stuff that i that i enjoy and would want to make you know uh and speaking of like another sort of like stylistic uh choice that kind of feels very dusan um you know it may be like a through line to your work i noticed that um, on, on some of your films you like in your credits you have like little elements that are like animated that were like different like props or like story moments in the film and stuff and i was like is that are you doing that animation? Is that like something that like you're going to like, is that like a, like kind of a signature that you're going to add at all at the end, end of all your films now? Or See, I wish I could draw. I can't draw. Oh, yeah. But the idea of like having little animated stuff during the credits, that's actually my mom's idea. My mom, uh-huh. she was like, yo, you should do this. And I was like, that's a crazy idea. I love that. So then I came up with the little, the little things that I wanted to play at the end. And then we found like an animator or my mom found like an animator to like put it together. And, you know, it's cool like that, but my mom came up with that idea, but I'm going to, it's definitely going to be a thing in all of my films for the rest of my life. I also have this thing where for the cover poster, I like to get my friends to, to draw, like to do the art for the cover poster. So it's never like an actual photo. It's like some, some drawn thing. Nice. That's sweet. I, I, I love the when that you I like that collective of folks that you can tap for for different things yeah. like that. So as we're as we're starting to wind down here on the podcast, um, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about um, you know you actually had an opportunity to be um, like a young arts scholar, um, and you you know you're, you're definitely getting like really like recognized for your work um, that that you've been that you've done it. Uh, at a high school level. So I'm, I'm curious, like, are you, you know, you have your eye on going to like a, a film school now at this point, or are you just like, are you gonna, do you feel like you're gonna just like jump in? You, you mentioned that you're like developing a feature right now. I'm wondering, I'm wondering like what's next for you right now that you've, you've got a little bit of, a little bit of buzz building here. Yeah. I, uh, so right now I'm, this is actually my dorm you're looking at. I'm I'm in college right now. I'm at, I go to Chapman University. Oh yeah, um, it's a great program. So so I'm here right now and I'm and I'm learning as much as I can and I also want to make a I want to make that feature that I was talking about and I actually just came up with an idea for for another one that I'm going to start writing soon after we get out of school. Um, but yeah, my goal is to my goal is to hopefully, you know, start getting traction and start working more and hopefully uh hopefully i can finish college and and come out of college already starting my career if that makes sense so like kind of writing for tv shows and things like that but i'm still in college well yeah i'm i'm but are you are you gonna try to like um make features in in the summer like in between absolutely yeah yeah. to Maybe not this summer, but I plan to make a, a feature every summer for the rest of my time in college. Nice. And then after I leave college, I'll have three features under my belt and um, I'll be ready to 
continue my career. All featuring uh, you and Dante. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this next one, this next one's gonna have me in it, and the next one's the one after that one, the one that, the one that I'm gonna be writing soon is definitely my brother's definitely gonna be in that one. A lot of my friends are gonna be in that one too. Yeah. Nice, nice, yeah. sweet. Well, um, uh, well, uh, can we give uh, as we're starting to wind down here? Can we give a shout out to um, any of your? Any of your channels, um, any of your projects that people can catch you in? Obviously, people need to like check out Ma Rainey on Netflix if they haven't already. It's an incredible film. Um, but uh, anything, anything else that like you know, if you have like a, a page, people can like check your out your work on Vimeo. Any anything like that? Yes. See, right now I'm working on my I'm working on my YouTube page and my Vimeo. But right now you can follow me on Instagram at Dusan Brown. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter everywhere at Dusan Brown. And um, as of right now, you know, like I said before, I'm working on that feature. So there's going to be a GoFundMe or like an Indiegogo coming out soon. Uh, so if you guys want to, you know, give me some money and donate so I can make this movie, baby. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so just stay on the lookout. So just follow me on my social medias and stay on the lookout because there's a lot, a lot of stuff that's going to be. A lot of stuff is going to be coming out soon. A lot of good news is coming out soon. And go watch Ma Rainey because it's a very good movie. For sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dusan. It was amazing talking to you. Um, and we'll be excited uh, to, to screen more of your work at, a, at another Nifty coming up. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you for listening. For more on Nifty, uh, the talented youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram at Nifty Film. For more podcasts from Party Fish Media, search Party Fish Media wherever you listen to podcasts or follow us on social media at Party Fish Media. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.